1: Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast to get you waffling about your mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks the journey. So join me each week as I open up shop and have a waffle. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast. Today I'm joined by the incredible singer-songwriter Jack Garrett. Welcome to the Waffle Shop
2: hi well thank you very much for having me this is a very i that was a very surreal i suddenly realized why it's called the waffle shop and it's for that one line of being able to say welcome to the waffle shop pretty and much a, and, and, a, and, you'll, a, and you'll you'll yeah. find
1: out in the next
2: few moments that we chat absolute shite on this yeah show, well and, so. and I, I was gonna say it's very like obviously we've we've never spoken before but like it's very kind of you to use the word we there um it will be me talking at you for for as long as this recording goes on for it's kind I of like one that. of the a... I mean, you say that, but it hasn't happened yet. So, <laughs> at least we're like two two
1: days in and we're still, yeah, we're still you're, talking. You're, yeah, exactly.
2: You're you're preemptively saying so that your audience and listeners don't feel uh, on the defensive. No, it's a good thing. It's not. I can promise you as someone who has lived with myself for 30 years, I'm doing it now. I'm already doing it. I'm talking Jesus at Christ. you. I'm going to shut up. This is my
1: show. Get your own.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you sell out for this.
1: Yeah, uh, This is my thing.
2: <laughs> Only like two of them though. So, oh, there's
1: a lot more than that. Don't don't come on nah, and yourself down. Bleh, Stop, Stop it. <laughs> yeah, can't so, wait. I start each one of my shows with something called the weekly waffle, and it's something that is quite petty, but it you know I get it off my chest, and it makes me feel better because I'm all forgetting things off my chest because well, like I have just said it it makes us feel better. So the thing that has been winding me up this week, Jack, is adulting. I am adulting... sick to death of yeah. deciding what to have for dinner.
2: Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, was it the word adulting or the, <laughs> con- or the concept <laughs> of adulting? <laughs> both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah both? both? Yeah, you know what? I agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Horrible word. But I, yeah, generally, yeah, yeah. I am, I've, I used to really dislike when my mom used to wake me up like at first thing in the morning like what do you want for dinner and now I'm the adult and it's like six o'clock in the morning and I'm already annoyed at the fact that I don't know what I want for dinner so I I don't know
2: how she did it for those years I, I don't know what I want for dinner I've I discovered recently not recently i discovered this a couple of years ago but I, it's something i kind of try and continue to do what i've done with myself with that same frustration is i've started limiting myself to my first choice of anything that doesn't deserve more cpu brain power like if okay. you like if you think of if you think of your brain as if it's the computer it, I mean, and anyone who's listening to this show who understands computers is about to call me an absolute idiot, which they're very right to do. But like or if you think of your brain as if it's only it's only really got itself an allotted amount of of energy to make decisions well. Right. If it's a, if it's a machine and it turns off for eight hours while you're asleep, that's when it recharges and resets. And then you wake up and it's off we go again. And there's only X amount of things it can do successfully with all of your energy and all of the benefits of your rest and sleep and yet we as a society and as people waste all of our cpu power all of our decision-making power right at the beginning of the day on what am i going to wear and what am i going to eat and those are decisions you don't need to care about but it's decision is decisive power you use too early which means a decision you should be making later in the day, like three o'clock, you now don't have all the resources available to you. So what I've started doing is I'll wake up and I'll have a shower and I'll eat the first thing that comes into my head and I'll wear the first outfit I think of. And I won't argue with myself. And what brilliant, not only did it teach me that, like. I, I can better metabolize my decisions throughout the day, It also taught me that uh, those things don't matter. What you eat for breakfast, unless you're eating actual, like just whipped cream from the can, like what (laughs) you've all done it. We've all done it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've I've done that in the last year (laughs) regularly. Um, No, but like if you, but it ultimately doesn't matter. It's not something worth wasting that decisive power on. So I agree with you, adulting, because what I think we mean by that is decisions that pretend like they matter more than they actually do. Yeah
1: yeah cool and you know what cool that is brilliant do you know what yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start firing this over on a daily basis now like yeah. <laughs> what should i worry about today i like that
2: well yeah well i mean just text me whenever you want me to tell you what <laughs> you're <laughs> worrying about no but like but it but it came from it comes from like i think it's it's based in reasons why certain kind of enigmatic and celebrated CEOs and business people uh, are often seen wearing the same clothes every day. It's, it's decision, it's a decision that doesn't matter that you waste energy on. And if you're, if you feel as though you are losing that energy later in the day you should be reserving it early in the morning so I, th- I think that's like one of the reasons for example that Steve Jobs only wore white sneakers and yeah. a black turtleneck and and blue that's jeans. what who popped into my head as soon as you said that because then yeah. it's even
1: like like Zuckerberg he always wears like the same yeah. like outfit people, all the time people who
2: are people who are absolutely obsessed with efficiency and efficiency not only with how they Um, slowly ruin the world for our benefit but also how they you know maintain a as best a uh, leading and decisive making quality as they can throughout the day I guess I needed to hear that today good I'm glad yeah that's you know what that's done good
1: great little chapter is done now I want to know what's Mm. pissing you off
2: Oh, mate, so many things. Um, I, <laughs> mine or my, so I was thinking about this when, when you said that I, I had to come um, uh, with, with uh, home <laughs> and I, I, I was stuck between a couple of things, um, but I think I've decided on, I'll say both of them, but the one I've decided on is I, so this is why I asked you if when you said adulting, did you mean the act of it or the word of it? Because I hate people <laughs> immediately wow. unnecessary. Wow. Just, wow. Like full stop. You know what? Full stop. I hate people, full stop, quotation marks, heard Jack. It here first. Put, it, put it on my tombstone. No, I I find it really hard to believe people, I should say, who go on and on about um, grinding and hustling. I I find it I find it really yes. difficult to take it seriously. Because i believe in a in a good work ethic like i believe in working hard if you love what you do you should be working hard but again same thing i was talking about what is the efficiency of your work like though you know like if you're posting instagram stories or um like if you like just if you're promoting yourself at three o'clock in the morning for the sake of pretending like you're doing something and saying, you know, here I am at three o'clock in the morning at the studio grinding or hustling or working for that money. Like, I don't believe what you're doing is good. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it could be because that's a time of evening as a time of day, we're not designed, or haven't designed ourselves, to be awake for. Yeah, your brain isn't going to be processing correctly. There, it's not going to be making the best decisions. It could be. You're not doing yourself the favor. You're just showing off. And I don't. I don't respect the work ethic if what you can't back it up with is a decent thing that you've actually done. Um. So I really dis- I disagree with it so much. It annoys Mate, me so I much. I swear said- to God, this is so weird.
1: Like I feel like this is exactly what I needed to hear today <laughs> literally right this moment. Right uh, now. no wait why? Why, exactly. why why Why? no explain it what's what's it's why? just I'm um I've got to say it I've um I work somewhere that has quite an unhealthy work ethic and it's, it's toxic me, behavior yes, 100% it's making yes. me really question whether I've made like the right kind of like career kind of choices and mm. it's because of like well no like people are working till like 9 10 o'clock at night and they don't need to be like you're not getting yeah. paid any no, extra don't. for that like thing. And it's just, no. it's this kind of like, we we're in this generation of
2: like, it's almost look cool to run yourself down into the ground. Yeah. And, and hit then the, the worst, absolutely. You're burning the candlestick at both ends. And the, the biggest issue with it as well, one of the biggest issues with it is it, it's, it's said by people who then define themselves. And in that moment are promoting themselves as individual juggernauts of just work, right? But it's a, it's a brainwashing technique that comes from upper management. The whole point of it, the reason why it exists is because people who leave at five, walk out the door, look behind them and see people in the office who are still working. And, and you then you're sat with that guilt going, oh, that, should that be me? I've got yes. nothing else to do, but do I just need to show my boss that I'm working there? And if your boss is then like making small little kind of judgy remarks about, oh, you clocked off again. Did you at five or whatever? It's it's like, you know what? Fucking yes, I did. That's (laughs) That's when my because my time has value. Right. And the value is what you pay me and you pay me for these hours. You cannot expect me to work beyond that. You just can't. I may choose to sometimes because I believe in the cause of what my work is doing. But that's my choice to give up my time for free. I mean, yeah, spoiler alert, an artist is about to go on and talk about time oh, here to we money go. and doing things here for free. Go. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Another <Right>.
0: one. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: It's almost like we all agree. No, but like but like but like it's it's my choice as to whether you get to have me for free or not. It's not up. It's not up to you. Like as an employee, and, and I'm saying this as someone who's never held down an office job, but I, but I feel, but I feel like the cry is the same in most industries. At the end of the day, that independence and, uh, and, like, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? But, but the, but the kind of um, the grandeur, the self-grandeur of a statement like, "Oh, I'm hustling, I'm grinding." Mm. It, it's, it's said by those who have been conditioned into thinking that that's what they're worth not they're, they're worth not their best selves they're just worth showing themselves off at times that are going to make other people feel bad yeah. and I don't get that I don't get why that is I don't get necessarily where that's come from I also don't get how you could believe that of yourself because I've never seen or heard someone do it because they actually believe what they're doing is right, as in the act of saying, hey, here I am, grinding and hustling. I've only ever seen people do it because they want to show off. And that's fine, show off, but you're purposefully trying to make other people feel less than. I don't get that.
1: Do you know what? I think that is probably the best weekly waffle that i've had on here no come now, on i'm genuinely i'm genuinely genuinely saying it because sometimes when Very they come sweet. on here they always moan about like people who don't know how to use indicators or slow walkers and oh my god get me don't me wrong, get me wrong i agree i agree yeah but that, that neither of us drive a bmw apparently yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is i feel like quite a lot of people need to hear
2: I think it's like, I've always like over the last year and two years or so, like, especially throughout the pandemic, but (laughs) kind of before then as well, I've been, I've been quite proud of myself. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but like, I've been quite determined is what I mean to say of actually saying what's on my mind Um, and believing in what I say. Yeah. And the reaction I've often found is when I do say something that I just think is a universal concept. Like, I don't think in saying that I'm saying anything that's necessarily groundbreaking, but I, I, I feel as though you're right. That is something that people should hear. And I'm not patting myself on the back for being the one to say it. It's just something people should hear and be able to hear. Yeah. And to be allowed to then repeat and express. And, but, it's, but it's a kind of, it's a sort of attitude, I think, that does get, um, does get kind of quashed a bit um, because it's, 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 it's you judging yourself based on someone else's like external judgment of themselves and what they think about you it's main character syndrome. It's people who yeah. are just like, I'm the main character of everything. You're just an NPC. You're an unplayable character. You're not real. And I don't know. I just don't agree with people like that. I don't think people like that are healthy for the mental health of a mass public. And I think that people like that are more often than not the people that we end up kind of turning to and looking at on all of our platforms and all of our mm-hmm. social media. People who just like live in main character worlds and we're just NPCs and- Fun. not on this show no not yeah on. i'm not with that i don't like that yeah
1: no we're both yeah. main characters on this episode
2: yeah <laughs> but but me more no i'm kidding <laughs> <You're especially good. laughs> could you imagine oh my god no i don't like it that was too close to being real <laughs> yeah, good for a say, second wow, and i didn't wow. like it
1: <laughs> no. sure i like this i like the feistiness
2: <laughs> oh good good
1: well, I'm glad I'm glad that someone now. does. Maybe like ten minutes, and we're having a row.
2: Oh my god! No, <laughs> seriously. Well, no, it's not even a row. It's just you won't be able to get a word in edgeways because I'll just keep talking.
1: <laughs> well, in that
2: case, then something that I do
1: want to talk to you about, and I yeah. said it before we started recording, and I followed your journey for quite a while. I remember you winning like the the Critics' Choice Awards, like back. I remember yeah. seeing. In fact, I think when you really caught my attention, it was a performance and I don't know whether it was like worry or it was, it was something. That, and there was like, Pro-ba- probably worry. It was like, it, you were in like a cube or something. And it was like the lights. And yeah. I was like, wow. It was okay. the, it was the,
2: it was the BBC music awards, uh, 2016, yes. I think. Yeah.
1: And yeah. it was just like, it was the voice not that I that heard. Show. And I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. But I do need to thank you because love death and dancing, like, I said it before we started recording I'm saying it again, mm. that album for me got me through a quite a tough time and mm. it kind of, it showed me and obviously I, I kind of want to kind of pick it apart a little bit with yourself, but mm. it kind of showed me that even though all this kind of like bad stuff is happening, you can still have a little bit of a dance. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know no, that, I, I that's appreciate... the
1: message that I kind of no, took no, away no. from it, but... <laughs>
2: No, I, but the thing is, like Taylor, I appreciate that man because that is that is exactly where the album came from, and it it honestly, thank you because it, it's it's an album that means an awful lot to me, and it's an album that I kind of feel like wasn't able to fulfill its its lifespan um, at the greatest extent with which it could have. Yeah um due to the pandemic and a lot of other I was about to ask that. that
1: like was that like because of obviously the timing and stuff like that and obviously we went into
2: well, yeah whole
1: shower of shit that we're kind of yeah I right mean on. and
2: it's and it's and and, <laughs> and essentially like there was a decision not only not even a week before we were about to release there was a decision there was a sit down we had to have me and my management and talking to my label at the time just being like do we do this the the world has oh, shifted wow. and just concentrating on other things and loads of albums around that time, loads of releases had been paused and put on hold. And, um, and yeah, so for us as well, we had to have a really kind of, we had to have the conversation, but I don't think we ever thought it would result in us saying, yes, we should pull it. As in like pull the release and not put the album out. I think my thing being like the art in whatever form in great moments of crisis is something that's needed it's a necessary part of other people's catharsis as they kind of grieve it's a huge coping
1: mechanism for people yeah for for music for me is my biggest one so like I love having people like yourself on here because it's like you obviously I'm not like musically talented I don't have that but like it's when if I'm feeling bad or happy or something like there's always a song or there's always an album or there's always like a voice that kind of Mm. I would lean to kind of stuff so I I love having these kind of conversations
2: and they're really important to have as well and and also like there's a reason why like vinyl sales are still skyrocketing and physical sales of records are coming back it's because people people want to hold on to the memories that that music ends up scoring for them and and it's something that um the streaming industry as of yet isn't it doesn't offer as an experience is is how do you catalog your memories with the art that you consume it's something that our parents did a lot of um you know like my my dad's it's the reason i have a record collection is because of my my parents because my dad had one and i've got a record player and i and and it's, uh, and it's a, it, like, I, I'm not, I don't say this as, to, like, as to, to poo-poo anyone, but like I have a record player that I really like that I researched and, and made sure I got a good one and I've got a good amp with it and a good hi-fi system. Like I, I went for it, but that's because the ritual of touching the music is, is important to me as important as the listening of it. Um, yeah. And there are other much um, more affordable ways of doing the exact same thing. Um, those little like suitcase uh, record players that you yeah. can get. Um, like, and those are incredible because what they allow you to do is take the, take the record and still physically touch it and hold it, take the music and turn it into a physical memory. Um, and in these kind of times when there is a, I mean, like in our, our generation, or at least my generation's never experienced anything like this. Uh, before in their life where there is a mass grief that's hit everyone at the same time a grief of uh, loved ones a grief of family a grief of time and a grief of of experience like there people I I tell you what's a really funny fact that I found out Um, at the beginning of the pandemic when it all started the numbers showed that people were listening to old albums more than anything new that was being released. So like, in, in there was a slow rise over the last, like maybe 15 years or so of like new music and how yeah. great and important it is. And, um, you know, BBC introducing the platform that kind of discovered me was a huge, um, it is a huge uh, contributor to that wave of, you know here's new music and here's why it's important. And then the pandemic happened and immediately everyone regressed and went into their back thing I remember my my managers at the time were also looking after Mumford and Sons and Mumford had just put an album out and literally the only album that Mumford fans were listening to was Sino More that was it it was just like and 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 two months before they were listening to everything but then suddenly in the first couple of months of the pandemic everyone was just listening to those albums that helped them remember genuine times of joy and celebration and you know the good times as it were because that's what it's kind of like it's the
1: nostalgia isn't it and you said it perfectly a minute ago when you said like it kind of like it scores like a Mm -hmm. whether it's a relationship whether it's like a bad experience whether it's a good experience whether it's even something like a holiday yeah and I I find it so powerful because I mean there's certain songs that I really struggle to listen to like for when obviously I went through what I did um Mm. but there's also songs then that I will go towards that and like they remind me of like the good times when all the stuff was going on. Um, yeah. I kind of want to ask you, like when things get a little bit like manic or you things get a little bit much like what what vinyl are you playing?
2: I I've recently been getting into swing a lot more. So I've got a couple of um uh Count Basie records and uh I've got a record somewhere I think or I don't have it but I'm I'm looking to get it which is um it's called Sinatra at the Sounds. and it's a it's a it's a big band uh, swing record of Frank Sinatra at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas. I was about Vegas.
1: to say, is that a casino? I think I've...
2: Yeah, it's the, Sa- yeah. the Sands Hotel in, in Las Vegas. So it's Frank Sinatra singing. It's with the Count Basie band, who... It, it's Count Basie is just this incredible arranger, and composer and pianist, um, and his big swing band who are just like... ah, oh, it's, it's like watching... It's like watching a freight train of rhythm. It's incredible. Um, or listening to a freight train of rhythm, but then the whole, um, the whole show is then scored, arranged, and conducted by uh, Quincy Jones, and it was recorded in the '60s, wow. I think. So it's these three, these three absolute m- m- like megalodons of um, of swing and of music and 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 pop, um, early days of pop. Um, but it's one of my absolute favorite records. I love it. Um, So I kind of go to that quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It makes makes me want to, it makes me want to put out a swing record when I listen to it just because it's so, it's so musical, like in a way, in a way that, that that music was designed to be, which is both informative and challenging and, and it's supposed to make your ears stand up. Supposed yeah. to make you listen, but at the same time, it was for everyone. So it's it's to it's to be enjoyed while you're sat down, drinking uh, a whiskey sour uh, at a small table with your gal, and there's a candle in it. You know what I mean? Like it's, just, it's to, yeah, it's yeah, it's for it's it's, it's 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 for passive enjoyment, but it encourages active engagement. I absolutely love that kind of music, that kind of entertainment. That's make you just me, sit like, down, really, like, yeah
1: smile like it's good because like, i can imagine like went the way you're describing it and it's like it's exactly how i would like picture there's like red
2: velvet and you know, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of like t- tiny little tables covered in like white yeah. lace and, like yeah suits and tie clips and yeah smoke everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah literally just smoke <laughs> everywhere so much coughing
1: yeah. so obviously that that's your go-to but I kind of want to go mm. back to um, Love, Death and Dancing because yes. I, like I said, it was just one of those albums, like the lyrics in there, like it's about, mm. I mean, even with like better, like about like burying your heads and it just kind of like taking things to make you yeah. And it's like... A dance uh, song for the end of the world. Yeah. I don't know what it is about, it's the whole record from start to finish, but it's just that like... ha ha ha, okay he's saying (laughs) and then like even like the music videos even like the bits you see like on Spotify that like like you're there like throwing Uh, some shapes so what like obviously reveal as much as you kind of like want to but like what was like the inspiration behind that
2: album well I after my kind of um lauded success uh, at yeah. the beginning of my career when I when I won the the Brits Critics Choice and the and the BBC Sound Pop um and the, and the BBC Music Award and like a couple of other things I um I I found it really hard to compartmentalize those awards yeah. um uh, with uh, without immediately bringing in like pressure of my future with it so like every time i would think about the brits critics choice award it's the same reason why in the what's it been i think five years since i won that award every every night the brits is on i i go into like a downward spiral because something about it just like just triggers this same energy this emotion of like how am i supposed to compete with myself um how am i supposed to compete with these other people why is there so much competition in my head um and all of it self inflicted. All of it um, is in is in me, but it's still there. It's still very real. And the yeah. So what, what ended up happening was I kind of I took some time off. Um, I moved to Chicago, lived in America for a bit, which was amazing. Um, came back to the UK and started writing some music, and I just wasn't connecting with any any of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I um I wasn't in a good place throughout all of my um first album campaign really mm. um i was kind of and yeah i was i i was in a tough spot with my um representation at the time with my management and that ended up exploding in a really horrible way that then like it's funny how the end of something catastrophic it ends up being the beginning of something totally in, like yeah. seismic in a different way. So like the catastrophe that happened was me finding a thread poking out of a jumper. So I pulled and then this whole thing unraveled in front of me. And it's just like really fucking horrible. It's just, you're not, cause you're not, cause as a, as a musician, as an artist, you're not in any way given any kind of training um, teaching education of of how to trust people. Yeah. Um, you're just you're just not offered that. You're not in life really. That doesn't exist yeah. anywhere. Um, but in an industry that especially goes out of its way to exploit, you know, m- people like me as yeah. individuals as cr- as creatives as artists. Um. You'd think there would be a little bit more of that, but there isn't. It just doesn't, doesn't exist. And so yeah, when I started to pull at this thread, I I, I untangled <laughs> a a mess of, uh, (laughs) of jumper that um, I'm still cleaning up like to this day, years later. And so, because of that and a lot of other things, I just, I had to take some time off. My brain was too heavy. Um, And in the time I took off, I don't know what happened and I don't know how it happened, but I, I've, I think I've had um, depression with me my entire life and it, it annoyingly presented itself as like, as manifest as like a as a co- complete coherent um thing
0: yeah.
2: uh, in that time and it, which in it itself me-
1: is a lot of lot to deal with so if yeah. you're you know you've got all yeah. these kind of outside pressures like these awards like you I mean your personal life and you know yeah. and it's it's a lot to deal with so that is it's a lot to kind of i mean i i still don't know how people process it like we are incredibly resilient creatures so yeah, yeah like I, I thank you for sharing yeah the
2: no of course thank you i the the, the awful thing about it being that like you're, you i ended up at least and and i'm i'm assuming that other people will be able to kind of understand this as well um i i my my depression couldn't be at the forefront because there was too much else going on and so what that meant is it then presented itself in in ways that were then quicker to deal with and so I became a very I became a very angry very bitter person because rather than you know going to therapy spending the time over months deconstructing my inner thoughts rebuilding them finding out the points at which I was most vulnerable where was this depression coming from not to erase it but just to to spot it to go there it is all right cool I can better understand it now because I can see it um because I didn't have that time available to me because I was traveling around the world and I was uh, doing my career and having all of these awards and the pressure of all of that um I ended up just I would burst out in lashes of just anger and frustration Mm. um because I was I was always at that boiling point that was my 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 state of um my resting state yeah was was angry yeah and and ultimately more than anything it's exhausting and that's what i found when i then ended up I, I when the tour stopped when the album stopped and everything finished and and that wasn't gradual either that was like the next day i came home from my last show and that was it i was not on it. tour anymore and i finished so there's no real time to like slow down and and get yourself used to a new rhythm or a new speed. It's um, it's you're in an airplane and th- the plane just stops and you have to have been holding on to something, I guess. So you yeah. don't fly forwards. Um, the best analogy I have for it actually is I remember um, I went to the doctors years ago um, to get advice on how to not get sick while I was about to go on my first tour. And the doctor said that, um, what was it? The best. The best thing to do is to just keep moving. What happens when you've uh, been working, 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 doing something is your body ends up producing uh, X amount of adrenaline that your, yeah. the, it, well, your brain produces the adrenaline that your body is telling it it needs to get through a, a normal day. And then suddenly you stop, you go on holiday and you, you do whatever, you take a day off at home and you put your feet up on the couch. Your body though is still, hasn't been able to tell your brain yet, it doesn't need all the adrenaline that it's about to receive. Yeah. So the brain gives you all of this adrenaline uh, as if you're on your feet doing your busy day, but you're sat on your ass doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and as the adrenaline sits and metabolizes and stays in your body, um, I think because it's a it's a protein as it decays it poisons you weakens your immune system and makes you sick that's why you get a cold when you go on holiday that's why you feel ill when you'd sat at home doing nothing because you've been running around the last couple of weeks but like that's all I can explain it as being similar to I came home from this whirlwind and my adrenaline was just uh, maximum capacity. Yeah. It, was, it was giving me everything it thought I needed. And then annoyingly had to learn over the course of a month or so. I didn't need that adrenaline anymore. And th- all those things, you know, as those chemicals decayed in me, um, my depression kind of took hold of that decay and started to control my life a little bit. And the album, Love, Death and Dancing, came from that place of, not, not the place of that discovery, because it wasn't until years later that I realized that something was wrong. Yeah. It came, it came from like the second or third discovery. It was, um, uh, when did the album come out? A couple of years ago. I think it was like 2018, 2017. I was in, um, no, it would have been 2019, 18. Who knows? I was, <laughs> uh, I'd written a whole album and I'd overdone it and overplayed it and overproduced it and overwritten it. And I wasn't feeling it and I didn't vibe with myself and I wasn't creating anything I liked. And I've, I've always, I've never really liked myself. And so I was in this place of not liking myself even more because the music I was making didn't represent me. And I, I felt out of sync with myself. And I went to New York um, with my, Fiancee fiancé at the time and we had this amazing trip in New York and did all these incredible things and um, I wasn't really there for work we were just there because we could be and it was a really great opportunity and we got to see friends um, like out out of New York in, in the um, uh, what do you call it like out of state or upstate yeah. New York and one night in a through a blizzard we drove back and drove into Times Square and parked the car because we were going to see a taping of Saturday Night Live which is just my absolute favourite TV show of all time like this unbelievable like ridiculous brilliant weekend and all these opportunities that same weekend we went to go and see Hamilton because I I tweeted like hey I'm in New York and I need things to do and someone who was in Hamilton was a fan of me and was like come and see Hamilton I was like yes okay (laughs) And, and and so we got to do that and we had these amazing seats like Front center of the balcony, like the best seats in the house, and like it was a truly incredible weekend of all these things happening. And these things had all happened because of me and my career and yeah. the opportunities it was bringing me this amazing, wonderful, fulfilling weekend of things I'd allowed myself, and I and I could not enjoy any of it. And I came back to the Airbnb with. Uh, with my fiance and I just sat down and I had, a, I had a thought this was after the SNL taping so it was like we went to the dress rehearsal so we got back and it was like 10 o'clock in the evening 11 o'clock in the evening I just sat there and after a minute I um and a trigger warning uh a suicide I had the thought in my head a voice in my head that said uh you you should kill yourself because you're not happy with any yeah. of this People, people would just be better off without you because you can't even be happy with all of this joy that's around you. And before I could like rebuttal, the same voice said, but you won't because you're a coward. And it was this wow. horrible revelation for me where I realized I was not only sad and depressed, and not happy. Yeah. I had no joy or love for myself to the point where I could not even accept the thought of you might want to kill yourself
1: yeah. and
2: sympathize with myself. I was immediately attacking myself for thinking it. And it's just, that's, there was no joy in me. And i broke break down and told my my fiance at the time and uh, came home and I wrote Mara, I think, and Time, and She Will Lay My Body on the Stone in the same week. And, the, had, and, the, and, and the album sorted itself out from there. I yeah, had. scrapped everything I'd already written started from scratch
1: that do you know what there was something about um wait, she will lay me down on the zone that i don't know what is i had it written down to ask you about it yeah because there, I don't, first of all thank you for sharing that because that no, is incredibly course. powerful and there was a lot of people that probably still struggle to speak about things like that so openly yeah. but And I really, this is the whole purpose of the Waffle Shop. Like this podcast started from a very painful experience. And it's now turned into something incredibly beautiful. Your experience as much at that time was probably like the worst thing that could be happening to you has turned Mm. into this complete body of work that has brought even like, I imagine even if it's brought one person like a smile or they've they've connected with it. And it did that for me. So it's just proof that you know from these really painful experiences like beautiful things can still happen.
2: Yeah and the the beauty that can come from it often comes from the struggle like it comes from not just the pain and I think that's an important thing to focus on especially as an artist it's the pain and suffering and sadness is a very deep well and an easy one to take from um, but, but the quality of the water you're pulling up isn't necessarily the best. It's just there you it's, it's open to you probably more so than it is if you went traveling and found a different well with a bit more with a, yeah, with a better purity of water, but it's a harder trip to get there. And and it's that struggle that I think creates that beauty. Um, you know, like the, the next, the next thing in my kind of, um, in my book of, of that struggle being the, <laughs> that that album and subsequently the the, the, the promotion of it um, I I found a lot of strength and a lot of um, safety and security in, in my fiance who then became my wife who then left me uh, in the pandemic last year and that's the next bit it's like when you were talking about earlier like those songs being such a, a place of Um, like peace and joy for you for me they they're songs that bring people joy that are about (laughs) someone who now who now i i am like brings the memory of which brings me misery yeah and that's that's I feel really bad because when
1: you were saying that, I was like, "Oh, that's really nice." Then you said, "Like, who is that?" I was like, "Oh shit, don't smile too." Much.
2: Oh <laughs> god, <laughs> it's no, it's loud. fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's, it's like it's important to it's important to I found at least normalize all of these conversations, yeah. especially two men having these conversations. That's mm-hmm. really important as well because that's not something that's well represented in the conversations about life experience, sadness, depression, mental Definitely. health, and and struggle. It is is there is not a space uh, a very obvious welcomed uh, space, um, safe from ridicule that allows men to freely talk about themselves in this way. So I'll I'll talk about it as honestly and openly as I can um, because it helps me. And if it's helping me, it must be helping someone else as well. that's That's the best way to think about it. I don't say any of this for the benefit of someone I don't know. I say it because I genuinely find it helpful to talk about these things frankly, uh, and as if they are real, because <clears throat> spoiler alert, they're real. <laughs> it's it's
0: happening. It. Yeah. So yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: this is. I I don't know what to expect from this conversation, but this just <laughs> I feel I don't know. I feel all like inspired. I feel all like good. Yeah, because it's it's so important, and like you said, like it's not <laughs> spoken about enough, and. You know, it's as much as it sounds like very candid now, and like we're having like we turn it into like a little bit of a, not necessarily a joke, but we can kind of find the kind of comedy in the kind of pain and stuff like that. As much as yeah, and it's and it's
2: and it's important to do so, but for the for the um uh, oh, sorry for the remedy it gives us, yeah, for the yeah 100%. for the relief of pain it gives us absolutely yeah. Sorry, carry on no no I, I,
1: you literally said what i was about to say okay, sorry it was like oh my god. Oh, god welcome to the waffle shop hosted by jack garrett
2: yeah you had to chance taylor oh no <laughs> no i'm not meaning to. i'll shut up for the next 15 minutes i won't
1: say a word no don't you dare don't you dare <laughs> because with that i i obviously i'm very open about um kind of music being my biggest coping mechanism now mm. i love asking these questions and there's a reason why i don't kind of preempt my guest because i like to see the thought process yeah oh, some, yeah some of them are like <laughs> dreadful that come out with this like they say the first thing that comes into their head and they're like i'm like oh okay wasn't expecting that
2: but, okay cool <laughs> can't wait yeah, no, give it. Bring what it. What is the I'm ready. song?
1: I mean, I know you can throw some shapes. Like we've we've seen the like the music videos now. But if you're uh-huh. out and about, what is the first song that is playing to get you on the dance floor?
2: Um, <sighs> <sighs> love this. It, okay, <laughs> so it could it could be many things. Okay, but it will most likely be. Mm. Oh, there's too <laughs> there's too many of them. No, and no, I I mean like it will it, if I'm sat at a if I'm sat at a wedding for example, yeah. and the DJ is crap because they usually are. I'm um, getting <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. um The uh, but like but the, but the music's like not ideal or it's not my cup of tea. I should say.
1: Yeah.
2: Without 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 a doubt the DJ will always play either, um, uh, like, a Justin Timberlake song, which will always get me moving, especially if it's from Justified, so if it's, um, like, I Love You or anything yes. from Future Sex Love Sounds, like, that 100%. But they'll also always play, like, September by Earth, Wind and & Fire, and that will always get me up as well. So yes. anything from, like, anything from that world that just, like... The thing that that will actively not get me on the dance floor that will make me leave is um, early 2010s uh, uni club anthems. Those are the things that will absolutely... (laughs) And I wish that wasn't the case because they bring me such joy in thinking about when I was a fresher and all those things. But like, if you put on party rockers, (laughs) I will get the fuck out. Every day I'm shopping. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um. But like, but no, I, I, and especially as I'm like getting, getting older and just being happier in, in being miserable, um, yeah. <laughs> the things that genuinely <laughs> bring me all. joy. No, because <laughs> that's the thing is it's like, it's the, it's the, it's the Larry David thing of like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I just, I don't it. need to, I'm just not going to do it. It's I fine. Cannot, I'm just, nope. 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But like, but oh my God, that's not to say that if the right song comes on, I'm not going to absolutely go for it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's a difference between like, what I'm trying to not be when I'm saying all that is like, oh, look at me on my high horse and my taste in music. No, but it's, it's more just like, if you put on any Earth, Wind & Fire, any Prince, any David Bowie, uh, any Stevie Wonder, I will be the only person on that dance floor because I will have hit everyone with my <laughs> limbs. Do you know what, though right.
1: i love this cuz i feel like you're the first person who's come on here and been honest <laughs> about it because when well, how do you mean what question, are, what do people what do people usually say cuz i feel like they come that you can see like the cogs turning like don't say something embarrassing don't say something bad like i want to know if the macarena gets jack garrett
2: on the dance. Oh floor. yeah, that's, and that's it what would I be know. if I was off my tits drunk, <laughs> and usually at weddings I am. I oh, yeah. But the thing, but the thing, but the thing at the beginning, yeah, hundred percent. And I get it. Like you wanna, you wanna say that the the song that gets you on the dance floor is is the song that defines your musical taste as being one that's like cool. Yeah. Um. But mine is the musical taste of a sixty year old <laughs> man. So I am more than happy to say that like. Like if you put on, it's not a floor filler, but if Freedom 90 by George Michael came on, I would be the loudest person in that room, absolutely, choice. like going for it. It's not a dance song, but it would get me there. Like you know, uh, Faith, that would get me up. Yeah, uh, Kiss, obviously, would get me up. I want to be your lover, 100%. Prince, I want to be your lover. That first snare, do 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 do. Like that first, bah, I will. I immediately know what it is. You don't need to test me. Everything's the I'm, end. I'm like I know what this is. Four Tables eight, have been flipped. Throat. Windows have been, windows have been smashed. Doors are off the hinges. I am. There is a there is a jack shaped hole in the brick wall. <laughs> I am on the dance floor like that one snare. Same with the um. Da-da-da-da. I promise you, anyone listening, oh, I was, go and listen Go listen to Go listen to the song. Go listen to the song right now and then come back. That was the right key. I promise you. That's how much I, that's how well I, that's how it much I, it bleeds through me. That I song, was about to start, start dancing.
1: Bowie. So. I
2: mean, and why would you not? It's a tune.
1: Oh, yes.
2: Was, was that okay. a good answer?
1: Yes. <laughs> no, that was the best answer, honestly, because it leads very nicely to my next question. How do you feel about Pitbull?
2: And be very careful how you answer this one, Jack. (laughs) Well, because he's Mister Worldwide. Yes. (laughs) Be very careful how you answer this. (laughs) The man, the man, rhymed Kodak with Kodak. Talent. Pure. Disagree. (laughs) Disagree wholeheartedly. No, I mean, look, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not one. (laughs) That's it. It stood. We were getting on. That's it. full stop. (laughs) False. No, I'm not one. Just. Look, I, in the in the in the in the job of creating art or music, whatever you want to call it, the one thing that you learn is it's fucking hard. No matter what you're doing, what you're making, no matter how how uh, baseless, middle of the road, low hanging fruit it may seem, it's still hard to do. Uh, I have never enjoyed a song that Pitbull has done, but that's because it's not for me. That yeah. doesn't make it that doesn't make it bad or like anything. So my opinion is it's it's not for me and therefore I don't enjoy it. That's it. That's where that's the full stop. No judgment that, on anyone in that who same listens to song, it. Like. In that, and it's a reason why I asked that because yeah. he does rhyme Kodak with Kodak though. He does, he does. That entire lyric, that entire lyric. Not only does it not make sense, I will I will say, as much as what I've just said about like, oh yeah, music's for everyone. <laughs> I will also say, objectively, it is bad writing. Uh wait, come on. Give me, yeah, give, give <laughs> me everything and <laughs> that. I'm gonna read it to you as a spoken as a piece of spoken word poetry. Okay. Oh my god, this is brilliant. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm gonna add some dramatic music Right, There you are. Me. I want to do. Okay. (laughs) Me? Not working hard? (laughs) Yeah, right. Picture that with a Kodak. Or better yet, go to Times Square. Take a picture of me with a Kodak. Took my life from negative to positive. I just want you all to know that. And tonight, let's enjoy life. Pitbull. Neo. Neo. That's right. No what? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not that guy. I'm not gonna. If this podcast ends tomorrow, that (laughs) that
1: Uh, is what I'm going out with. That was beautiful. That was well I'm glad.
2: I'm glad I could bring a semblance of actual artistic integrity to the song everything by pitbull. Well, I'm not I'm, mean, being, I'm being I'm being a cynical I'm being a cynical asshole. I'm being a cynical asshole. I'm not I'm, You didn't quite have
1: I'm, it locked I'm, up I'm, like I'm, Lindsay Lohan, but <laughs> you did well though. You did well. You did Well, thank you song, very
2: gosh. much. <laughs> thank
1: you. Oh my god, I think this is like my favorite episode. <laughs> like
0: I've oh, ever good. Recorded.
1: <laughs> that makes me very happy. Oh god. Well, I feel like a little bit bad now because the next question was going to be what song makes you cry? But... No. <laughs> like bring the mood right back down.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't cried in a very ball. long time. <laughs> Anything by football and it makes me cry <laughs> for the right reason. Um, no, I... There are, there are songs that make me come close to crying. There are songs that will make me like make my skin tingle and yeah. the hairs on my arms go up on end. And um, this is not the answer. It's just the answer for me right now. Yeah, The song, both sides now um, by Joni Mitchell, but the later version that she recorded in like 2005, it's the mm-hmm. people will know it. People know it best as the song that Emma Thompson is listening to when Alan Rickman breaks her heart in love, actually. Right. That song when she's standing there and she has, uh, she has to get her she's yeah. crying and she has to get her shit together and go out and take the kiss of the nativity and she's just found out that Alan Ritman's having a, bought a bloody necklace for someone else alan scumbag um I'm oh rest god in peace. Rest in peace. every single time i watch that <laughs> film i think he's not going to do it every time um but that song it, it, like and that whole album's gorgeous and just the 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 haunting beauty of the time not represented in that performance because she yeah. recorded that song originally in the 70s I think and it's her on guitar and it's very Jody Mitchell and then this 2005-2006 version which is her singing solo against a dis- almost discordant but just like cl- like oh my god it's beautiful <laughs> um, uh, just a warm um, weighted blanket of strings and piano. That's the accompaniment and it's just her and she's old and you can hear it. And she doesn't hide that in her performance. Like the point of, of the performances I, like, of representing the time, sorry, sorry, of, of singing about the time not represented in that yeah. moment, which is all the time before it. And that's just so beautiful as a concept and so hard to perform and she does it effortlessly. Um, so yeah, both sides now. I think it's two thousand and five. Uh, Joni Mitchell.
1: I'm yeah. That is again a brilliant answer.
2: Yeah, you should go and listen to it. And no, I and, am because I literally yeah, be, I can
1: hear it like going on in my head. But it's like yeah, I'm gonna that's it. I'm gonna add it yeah. to my play, My sad
2: playlist. But again, it's the, the the song that Emma Thompson cries to in Love Actually when I'm like, Rip my bricks her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like
1: jack seriously you have been a dream oh mate well, like, thank you like genuinely absolute dream like I'm like glad. i said i didn't really know what to expect but you literally <laughs> you've brought me like near enough to, like to tears you've literally Dead. like that that i can't i'm it's not often that i'm lost for words but that rendition of that pitbull song has literally it's gonna have a special place in my heart, Jack.
2: You know how the, you know how at the uh, the uh, um how like I could ask you to maybe cut something out if I wasn't necessarily happy with it. Cut, <laughs> no, cut that out no. just because I want to disappoint you just because I want to be difficult <laughs> I just want to be a dickhead like no that's very sweet you're very kind no honestly <laughs> you
1: you've been I I don't even know what to say like it has been absolutely oh, brilliant
2: cheers but Teddy. before
1: Thank you, you go yes. Obviously, I'm very appreciative of your time. Yeah. What's next? Like album
2: tonight? Normal, what's or, coming? No. <laughs> I'm <din>? um, <laughs> yes, for inspiration yeah, because I'm sick of deciding. <laughs> I'm going, I'm seeing a friend for a drink. It's going to be nice. Um Good. no, I I've got some things up my sleeve, really, I, like that. I think is all I can say. Um, depending on when this comes out, um, I may have released some new music possibly who knows um I'm working on some stuff at the moment I, I just yeah. put a song out a couple of days ago um it, that is uh as of this recording at least still available it's up on my band camp I, um, I'm independent now I, my label dropped me last year so I'm, I'm making music by myself for myself um yeah and I released a song very called well Ness. may I add. Um, very very well well, thank you very much, like, Thank uh, you. That's that's kind even of like your reels and
1: stuff like on, stuff on Instagram, like watching those kind of things like come together. Yeah, like, I'm trying. I I, yeah,
2: it's fun. I'm like, I'm enjoying discovering myself in that kind of way because even through Love, Death and Dancing, it was a lot of it was performative because I I wasn't there yet. Um, yeah. It's is why the album means so much to me is I'm, I can hear myself chameleoning on each song. Um, what I'm doing at the moment feels so holistically me. And this song, I I mean, that's one side of it. Yeah, so the song I put out a couple of days ago, not to end, you know, I I won't tarnish the the conversation by talking politics, but it's a kind of protest. It's it's like kind of a protest song that I've written about um, our government. Uh, It's called Eat and Mess Brackets, a gaslight anthem. Um, But ultimately the reason I'm promoting it is because uh, the money that's being earned from it uh 50 of it we're donating to the trussell trust which are uh Amazing. bringing food to families up and down the country because they are inundated at the moment with families who need uh feeding um again you know may or may not be related to the content of the song <laughs> um but like re- <laughs> but regardless of, i thought it
1: it's very like, relatable very relatable uh, yeah I mean, yeah we all I, think there are souls.
0: We I would yeah. like
2: to think so, <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's, it's a very cathartic listen, I think, because it is ultimately like we were talking about better. I, I wrote a song that puts two fingers up to the government, but ultimately I just wanted to make your hips move. So yeah. if you like both of those things, I hope you'll like the song. But yeah, please go to my go to my camp and buy it because like I said, it's only a quid and 50p of that is going to go straight to the Trust of Trust. You can also, you can pay as much as you want for it. It doesn't have to be a pound. It could be a hundred quid. And like I said, 50% of that goes to the goes to an incredible charity doing amazing work. So please, please, even if you hate me and you've you've gotten to the no. end of this conversation and somehow you're just like, this fucking Garrett, no, shut up, mate. Even even if you're thinking that if you don't buy this record, you don't want families to eat. So <laughs> your face when I said that oh, I was like, oh god. my god oh.
1: I'm so imagine I'm just gonna... the side of this like I don't know what to have for dinner I no,
2: you've just ended it with
1: like, hey! people bringing are it full
2: circles. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna guilt trip and isolate your entire <laughs> wow. fan base Thanks. no I'm kidding I, that's my that's my line because I don't like promoting myself like that but yeah. but and I'm kidding kind of um but you seriously like it's a great song you'll love it I promise even if you won't <laughs> I was doing so well, I lost it. Right in the last 30 seconds. All of my no, chat was no. fine. And then in the last 30 seconds, I'm like. Wah.
1: Fuck the government, people are starving. Hmm. i myself. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a way to end it.
2: <laughs> Bye.
1: <laughs> oh
2: no, my funny. God,
1: mate. Honestly, thank you so much for joining me. For a no, you have thank been you mate, brilliant. it's my pleasure.
2: Thank you. Good. I'm glad. And thank you so much for having me. Like I said, oh, earlier, yeah. really important that these kind of platforms exist and that people share their stories um, and especially really important that two men can have conversations about the kind of things that we've been having conversations about. Um, and if there are. Yeah, if there's anyone listening uh, who is uh, uh, well, anyone, but kind of anyone who's a man who's kind of struggling. At the moment, talk to people. They will want to hear, I promise. Um, And if you have a father in your life, a brother in your life, a friend in your life um, who identifies as a man, ask them if they're okay. Uh, It's a very small thing that could be um, a crucial bridge to uh, someone you care about, just entertaining the idea of discussing their mental health, um, which is something we should all be encouraging each other to do.
1: yeah. Mate, I, that was beautiful. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Genuinely, no, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. No, thank you. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not.